Welcome back. This is uh, the second episode of the Joe Snee cast. I'm your host, Joe Snee, and I'm here with my co-host, the lovely Miss Elizabeth. Good evening, Miss Elizabeth. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. Beautiful moon tonight. Oh, Little it's contra- the biggest moon. I don't know about that. I think it's the same size every day, but it looked it, nice today, and it, we had a little controversy if it mm. was a uh, full moon or not. So you want to settle it live on the air? You want to look up if, uh, if it's a full moon? Yeah, I say it wasn't really, but then I thought about it, and I maybe the clouds were obscuring it. Anyway, it looked very mystical. It looks like a giant wheel of cheese. It's huge. I think this is the night when like magic happens. Oh, man, you might be right. Ah, <laughs> it is a waning gibbous moon. Gibbous. Yeah, There's gonna, no eye in there. This sounds like magic, just straight up. It's science, but it sounds like magic. It passes to the north of Alberon, an ex-pole dancer, a famous <laughs> Zodiac star, and the brightest star in the constellation. That's the, the Taurus station wagon, a wow. bull. So, it's a good night to like sacrifice goats. Yes, or to attain a new goat farm. Or eat goat curry. Yes. <laughs> So we're going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, one of the things I liked last week that I thought worked, and we're going to do it a little different today, is I'm going to pitch you a movie, okay. and we're going to kind of work with the idea. Um, I didn't spell it out as much this time. It's just kind of a loose idea, so I'm going to need you to help me elucidate it a bit more. You got it. So here's my pitch for you. It's about a CIA agent who goes to college <laughs> to learn torture techniques. It's a fun romp. It's starring a lovable imp with a knack for hijinks and getting hurt, like a chubby Zach Afrin, maybe. Zach Efron. I have it in here as Zach Enron. <laughs> I prefer Zach Enron. <laughs> yeah. My man Zach Enron shows up with a tummy and chinos, and he's here to learn like all the secrets of like you know how to. Because it's not quite torture, you know, because you can't torture people legally. But he definitely learns something about himself along the way. Definitely. That waterboarding is erotic to him. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, you're right. He does maybe make a new friend or find a new love. All right. So where is the school? Well, this, like, okay, good. What kind of school does he go to? Yeah. Is this going to have to be fake? a party school because okay. he's going to have to learn these. Uh, any, any large state. You can add some directions to it. Okay. You know, but he has to learn torture techniques. So he has to party. You can't go to like a really small liberal arts school and expect to like, you know. Rage. I mean, maybe, yeah. but yeah. I doubt they haze. I yeah. hope they don't haze. I don't know. <laughs> never, been, never been to a fancy school before. Fucking <laughs> state schools haze. <laughs> okay. So, what is he majoring in according to his friends or his peers? Partying. Just partying? Just okay, partying. so he's never direct. He's always direct. I mean, when you. Yeah. He's like, does he take people aside during parties since he does major in partying? And does he practice his torturing techniques then? No, he goes to the bathroom and does cocaine so he can out drink everybody. And that's like his little secret. So like he's remembering shit when you're like no one else is. Uh, He definitely has like secret tools of the CIA that he uses. Yes. Cocaine. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Hydration. He stays really hydrated. Yeah. Maybe he does a little Adderall. Like, you know, if he's not trying to go too hard. There's definitely some kind of drug that hasn't yet appeared on the market that's only that the CIA is privy to. You think so? Maybe. I doubt, I, I doubt Nothing it. but pure speculation. I think they like they just take the best of the bunch. I think they let like people fool around and they kind of see like what works and then they like come in and like, you know, cuz that's like free uh 
lab data. You know, people sign up to be the rats. Right. You know, like, what's LSD do? Let's find out. You know, <laughs> So maybe he, you know, has access to that. Sure. Okay. Yeah, he probably has a cornucopia of fun things. He's like that kid you know in the hall. So it's played by Zac Efron. That's my first choice, but you can talk okay. me out of it. All right. Um, let's make Olivia Munn his love interest. Olivia Munn is entirely too old to be a college student, but you know what? In this, she's going to be a college student. never too old to be a college student. <laughs> Well, Zach Efron, I think, is you a might be too, too old. To... You might be too old to get federal loans, you know, if you've been going for too, like for a while, but well, <laughs> you're never you, too old to go. You know, they have been advertising High School Musical, the TV show, to me. So this makes perfect sense, transition from High School Musical to college. Yeah. All right. So what are his professors like? I don't know. I wasn't going to have him go to school in my movie. No. He was just going to go to parties and learn how to torture people because he was going to join like fraternity. He, here's the hijinks. He's going to have to join multiple groups. And he's also going to have to get like torture techniques out of groups he's not going to join. He's not going to join every fraternity that's unrealistic. But he's going to have to go to college. And there's definitely a secondary storyline here where he has some scuffle with a professor I think the who CIA agrees or could disagrees. figure out a way to get you into college without you having to take classes. I figured out a way to only go to class one day a week. Like, you know, so and I'm not even in the CIA. So I feel like they would they should be able to beat me. But who knows? Maybe that's the problem with this country. <laughs> I don't know. I, I do think I, I don't know. I'm going to kind of stand my ground here. I think there needs to be some kind of professor. I'm thinking someone like Jeff Bridges. Someone. Oh, that's pretty good. And it, like, OK, I'll take the, a professor. That's a good note. But what I'll do is I'll make the professor like a very liberal guy. Yeah. And he's worried about like intelligence agencies on campus. Oh, he talks. He doesn't like it. And you can see Zach Efron pull on his collar during class. This is like a low rent Noam Chomsky like. You know, he considers Noam Chomsky his peer, but Noam Chomsky doesn't consider him his peer. <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? Get him out of line. <laughs> That's not shit. I definitely like that there has to be a direction in this state school. Like Northwest, s- South State? Yeah, Southeast, South. My favorite state. is when it's central. It's like <laughs> they don't even like it's not, you know, it's just in the middle here. Like Penn State is a, in the middle school, mm-hmm. but they don't, they just skipped using, they should call it Penn Center or something. <laughs> Penn Center. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if Penn Center sounds as uh, welcoming. It sounds cold. It sounds very not as wrapped up in controversy though as no. uh, Pennsylvania Penn State Center. University. That one, ha- it's like the Vatican for uh, you know football. All right, so I'm imagining this. Okay, now I'll be honest. The last movie I saw with the college was Candyman. So I'm thinking. Oh no shit! Chicago. There was a college in that. Yes, that's where Virginia Madsen was doing her thesis. Come on. Oh, she was a graduate student, yes. right? Yes. As soon as and she was fucking... learning about Candyman. Oh, that's wild and what that, you could study in grad yeah, school. Yeah. That's realistic. That's yeah. like what the PhDs are really about. Like when you're learning fucking... about Candyman if he's real. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the classics department. I compared the legend of no, uh, sociology. Candyman to Sophocles. <laughs> so, this is sociology. This is American studies. This is that kind of stuff. Comparative literature, even possibly. Ooh, that's a good one. Right. The American myth, the Candyman. Anyway, so that school was very, I don't know where it was filmed. It was supposed to take place in Chicago, but um, it looked very institutional and it was very wide and a lot of windows. And this is where I imagine the CIA university takes place. Oh, see, I was putting it in the South. So you can make it in the South, but I want exterior shots of the Candyman With, school. Yeah, definitely. Maybe they like, uh, what's that movie? Does with it the make dance sense at teams? all? Uh, 
I don't know. Like they have a showdown. These schools are rival schools. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah, you know, and okay. he steals their torture techniques too. And <laughs> it's like these are Chicago torture so techniques. It's an outrageous movie. Now, maybe halfway through or I'm no, no, three fourths of the way through, he has to go home. To there his... has to be some realization. Oh, like his real life trickles yeah. in. Because it's spring break or it's he winter break. It's some kind of break. His dad has a disease. Yeah, there has to be something here that hits <laughs> the audience. And the whole time he's questioning, you know, should I go through with this? Shouldn't I? A question of faith, a question of crisis. Is this the right thing? Does and my dad it, have mad cow disease? Oh, and then somehow whoever, <laughs> whoever he decides or whoever he has to go visit he that question comes up again with torture he has to end up torturing that person and that'll be the decision nice. no is this too much well could no my so my idea is like what is torture like because like he has to learn like soft torture techniques to make guantanamo bay like more fun you know i mean you still want to get information out of everybody but you want to okay. do it in a hilarious slapdash manner you're thinking more silly i'm thinking like wait well, you know, maybe it's dark as fuck if it's not silly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, is it silly? If you change the soundtrack, man, this is a terrifying movie. That's what I was thinking. Are we thinking like opera classical music the whole time? Like real. I think you have the eyes wide shut. Cut, and then you have the redux, which is like four hours, but it gets deep, you know? Yeah. All right. It's his Brando moment. I like this. I like this better than the last movie with Queen. See, I thought that was a better picture, to be honest with you. I would rather see the movie I pitched in the first episode of the Joe Sneak cast. I can visualize this more. I think this would get made more, and that's probably what I don't like about it. <laughs> it is a realistic movie. But so what got me thinking about this in the first place, though, is like secret societies uh, we're going to talk about a little today. And then also uh, the secrets of Greek organizations, which is kind of what got me thinking. Because like, who becomes the members of secret societies? people right. from fraternities and sororities and when i was in college and i went to college for many years more years than most people <laughs> by like double i met a lot of people like that i partied with a lot of people like that and like deep into the night they'll start telling you their tales oh yeah you, you know? give them a little liquid courage they get bored they become your best friend for the night they just want to tell you secrets. Do people love fucking telling people no, secrets? No, and that's what I tell people too at work. Like, you know what? That's what it is. That's what connects people. That's what good books are. That's what good stories are. Hey, author, I'm the author. I have a good secret to share with you. And this is my book. Like, it's always secrets. That's what. So I'm gonna share kids. all these secrets. Yeah. They're not. They're not always the best secrets, but I got some good ones. But it also, uh, we snuck into a secret societies, like annex almost. You know, we were mm -hmm. up. This, let's set the scene. It's summertime. Yeah. It's uh, adult daycare reunion day or whatever. Like, I went here a million years ago. Let's see what the old place looks like. And we're in New We Haven. went to an alumni weekend. Yeah, but we're not. By accident. By accidentally. Yeah, yeah, we were just getting pizza in town. And, yeah. oh, shit, what's yeah. going on over here? You know? The best pizza place ever. <laughs> Shout out to Frank Pepe's. The white clam pizza. It's the best. It's worth pizza. driving for. Yeah, it is. You know? I said that time and time again. Three and a half hours in. Never gotten it delivered, but still no. love it. So we're in Yale, and uh, like, you know, it's kind of an open door day. It looks like Hogwarts. It looks like Hogwarts. There's definitely secrets. 
boring ass secrets. Yeah. Like mom's having an affair. Dad doesn't really have money. <laughs> I didn't really go. I don't Dad really, has a secret family. I don't really go here. No. <laughs> I just have my girlfriend meet me out front. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people in that park who pretend to go there. I don't think that's true. No. I, don't, I think everyone there was using Spice, also known as K2. I, there was an article about how that drug was making its rounds up there. But it looked like garden variety heroin to me. You know? Yeah, just, uh, you know, to paint the picture the park had a lot of people sitting on the benches it was not a particularly warm day it was somewhat cold a lot of people were falling asleep on those benches and not on the benches and not on the benches <laughs> and on the ground just a sleepy place yes very sleepy I must be all the learning. But anyway, so like uh, you can see the Skull and Bones house up close. You can't get in because it has like a little keypad. Although I did see some spies exiting and entering. I also noticed that it had like the municipal fire uh, hookups on it. And like, you know, all the fire, fire alarms escapes. type shit yeah. you'd imagine a college has. It's like yeah. very distinct ones. So like, you know who knows all the secrets of the Skull and Bones? The janitors at Yale. <laughs> oh, yeah. The fire inspector at Yale. Yeah. Like all those guys, all of them, and women, and women. Yeah, yeah, we can't be, you know, sexist here. We know there's people. They probably can't. don't have top security clearance to have to like check the, no, fu- but the fire hydrants. But they're, you know, but their toilets need to be cleaned. Their fire hydrants need to be checked and all that. Their buildings need to be up to code. How many plumbers have top secret security clearance? Like the White House probably has a guy. Oh, yeah. You know, there's probably a plumber. Like, like, how many secrets are in the White House plumber's mind? At least two or three, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that also brings me totally a different thing. But do you think Donald Trump changed the toilet in the White House once he got in? Getting political. Okay, I'm sorry. But that's just a question I have. It's kind of on a political tangent. Do you think he changed the toilet? Probably not, I'm going to say. Probably like the toilet seat cover. I bet he's not in the White House that often. I think that's like something like we he's don't active know. Like an fellow? Yeah, like you're not, like this place sucks. It's old. Like it smells. There's too many people here. It, you know, there's, uh, you know, but anyway, they, I don't I don't think he's there that it often. It doesn't seem like a fun place to hang out. Not from really. From everything I've seen on television. Seems like people are just constantly trying to kill you, stab you. <laughs> you need Tatum Chading on your side. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Gerard Butler. Or really, and or this is one of those jobs that a lot of guys have had throughout movies. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I better protect the fucking president. <laughs> but anyway, so that 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 was my question. Like, how often? And so you know that goes back to that whole secret thing. Oh, so we get into the tower next door, which clearly was used for like a a fucking ritual, you know. Yeah. And there's all this little like IKEA candles and like goofy party city like uh, skulls. Yeah. And, like, leftover, like, plastic plates for pizza. So, like, spies. They're nerds just like us. But here, this, here's the scariest thing. That staircase was frightening to climb up. There's no more than one person can be in the, on that staircase at a time. I had to be bent over the whole time I yeah. was in there. I'm six foot three. So, like, I had to be, like, five foot nine to hang out. It was definitely <laughs> old. It was definitely, they, like, left beer bottles. It was hot and, as fuck. Yeah, it was hot. Yeah, you so do not want to be hot. there. That's the secret. These kids can handle extreme temperatures. Yeah, and also it's not that interesting. Their no, it's secrets. probably boring. They probably yeah. have real boring sex with like yeah. other smart people who are kind of rich. And it's like, oh, this is Jeffrey. He plays tennis at my mom's club and like blah, blah, blah. And then they both graduate and never talk again like every other normal and person. And then they join the CIA. And then they join the CIA and they meet back up and they get fat. <laughs> All right. 
And then maybe one of the people they train is Zach Efron. I hope so. See, there we I go. I hope so. And then he'll tell me on set about like your movie is so realistic. But so so people <laughs> <laughs> See? So sororities have better hazing rituals than fraternities. I'm just going to say that. Let's just start off. And like, uh, I'm not going to reveal my sources. I'm not going to reveal what college these are. This is not all at the same state college. This is spread out over state colleges around the Northeast yeah. and a few in the South. Now, as someone who knows no one in a sorority or fraternity, I'm going to say that my ideas are purely based on TV and movies. For sororities, I'm gonna pre- I'm gonna guess that a lot of hazing rituals involve circling fat on women while they stand on tables That's and they real. point and laugh at them. Okay. No, they don't point and laugh necessarily. <laughs> it's more like roasting them, but they're not funny people. So oh. it's just like you're being insulted. Like, look at Cheryl, she's fucking fat, and then everyone laughs because they're just mean. <laughs> and they're like so happy it's not them. And her ass is fucking disgusting. Ha <laughs> ha. And then it's like, do oh. they circle? Okay, so you have to tell your story. And so then yeah, I have several. So the president of a sorority who probably hates the hardest confirmed that they had girls stand up on the table. What did they wear? Well, they would strip down to bra and underwear. Okay. And then sisters who had already like so you're you're a prospect you're kind of trying to join the crew Ooh. you know what I mean but you, they don't know Ooh. if they want you yet but you'll probably make it in as long as your check clears Ooh. so because they wouldn't have invited you back if there was no way you were getting in you know <laughs> <laughs> it's not like Animal House where they got like Flounder sitting on the couch alone you know <laughs> Flounder was a legacy they would have kissed his ass <laughs> so they have you stand up on a table and uh, back in the day it was laser pointers but I'm sure it could have been sharpies easily. And they would just like circle problem areas and then like roast each other. So that was real. But here's the thing I was going to say. I think most of these ideas are stolen from movies and television shows. And then they just do it in real life because they're not the the most creative people. You know what I mean? It's not like these were handed down throughout like history. Like George Washington was like, you tie him in a chair and you push him down the stairs so he thinks he's going to get hurt. And then you make him do push-ups with a fire extinguisher on his back until he breaks. Now, how old was this sorority? Fucking, I have no idea. Like it's a Is real, it one. it's a real one. It's a okay. historical one. Okay. Barbara Walters was probably in it or something, or Joan okay. Jett. You know, okay. <laughs> Sid yeah, Vicious, yeah. <laughs> he was the house mom. You know, they they all have like historic members, but uh, this is a real one. It was like not off campus ones. I will get to eventually because they have their whole own culture. You know, you can get real wild when you make up your own rules. All right. Do you have any other sorority ones? Yeah, they would lock girls in dog cages. And like uh, do weird stuff. I feel like that's from a serial killer movie where I mean, they where he locks women. I think in they like cage. fucking sprayed whipped cream on them and like like threw water. Like it sounds terrible, but like silly. Like I don't think you ever felt like you were in real danger. Did they do sleepover stuff? Like dip their hands in cold water while they were sleeping so they'd pee the bed. No one's ever told me that, but that would <laughs> that would take a lot of prep. Like you gotta let someone fall asleep and so that's real creepy when you fuck with people who are sleeping. <laughs> Sleep deprivation's big, uh, so a different sorority would keep people up all night and make them watch the same movie on repeat. What movie? It was Dazed and Confused, this particular sorority. I was going to say, like, Made in Manhattan or something. What's worse? <laughs> Made in Manhattan. Dazed and Confused is a pretty good movie, but you have to watch it, like, so for eight hours, what's that, like, four times? Yeah. So you have to watch that four times while you did something, like, asinine, like, uh, you know, like, uh, you have, like, uh, paper clips that are all different colors. you got to sort them into the color and that's what you did all night wow yeah but i think it's just proven you'll do it you know your yeah your dedication that you can do it fraternities have more of the physical stuff 
Push-ups with shit on your back. So wait, wait. Girls have more lady. like mental ones. So like you have to suffer through embarrassment, futility, shame. Well, these two sororities that I mentioned so far had, uh, you know, sleep deprivation, which is a Navy SEAL skill. Okay. You know, just because they didn't do uh, crunches. I still, I'm not going to make it a gender difference. Okay. I, I could see. Uh, I think the circle and things was probably the most like, huh, you really did do that. Like, I, I was like taken aback by it. But uh, yeah, my favorite one I threw away in the George Washington speech. Like one guy uh, told me a story about how his friends, they would like tie you up in a kind of tall office chair that they would push down a staircase. Yeah. And like, you know, you have the illusion of, I mean, you probably really could hit your head if you like slip at mm-hmm. all or like you're taller than they anticipated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are not, but this college, some of them might be physicists, physicists in training, you know. But again, mm-hmm. it's a state school, you know, mm-hmm. so they're not good physicists. <laughs> so it's a dangerous situation. Wow. So, I, I mean, just from that small sample, and I have more, but, I get, you know, they kind of get redundant. I think what I'm noticing is like the problem with a secret society is no one really keeps secrets. Yeah. Like they was they paid seventy dollars a semester for these secrets and still they like blabbermouth, you know. Seventy dollars? At least to be part of a Greek organization. I just I don't okay. Imagine it's more. I think it's more. I fucking made that number up. Seventy dollars so. seems very low. <laughs> seems reasonable. To buy friends. <laughs> okay. So there's that. Oh, there was that ridiculous uh story. If we remember at this university, um, where someone died while being hit with a bat. Oh, that was real. Yeah. Yeah, I, that was real. Me and my roommate heard that. We lived uh, there was in the a building fraternity. across from that fraternity. Yeah, there's a fraternity with a stripper pole in there. I never was inside that uh, that house yeah. of horrors. Yeah. But I <laughs> nice windows, really nice windows, kind of you know some uh, columns outside, not like tall Greek columns. I don't know what to call them, but they're a little smaller. Anyway, Yo, yeah, someone whole, was murdered on the lawn with a baseball bat. The whole like social environment we're living in right now, like uh, everything, like the whole like activism, people being upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think it's all fraternities from the uh, mid-2000s fault when you think about it, man. Because that was a real... Like, there's no way you could pull that shit on a college campus now. Mm-mm. I remember there was a sign uh, one year when people were moving in. Some fraternity had, like, hey, Dad, thanks for do- dropping off your daughters. <laughs> oh, I, I think I remember saying something What about your here. sons? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, be inclusive. And what about single-parent families? In the, you know, in the mid-2000s, I don't think Maybe we were Maybe mom drives. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all those Maybe assumptions. dad doesn't drive. Hey, you boys are going to college. How about you learn something? Yeah, no. Women can drive. <laughs> Women can use the internet. Um, yeah, and then there's that other one where, I mean, there's always frat stories. There's these crazy ones. Oh, you know, when I went to high school with a kid who ended up being the president of a fraternity in Pennsylvania, that's what I feel like most of the people I graduated with ended up being in a fraternity somewhere in Pennsylvania. That was his career? <laughs> um, he ended up being arrested because one of the pledges drank himself to death. Oh, nice. So, because he was the president, somehow he ended up being arrested. Yeah, that sounds like an this. SVU episode. Yeah, I think it probably. I think everything that a fraternity story does also ends up on TV because one of those kids is always a communication major. He did and they're look also very, not very devious. Creative. He looked devious. He was smallish. What it was about him was devious. Let's spell it his out. His nose. His nose. Fucking was devious small. nose. Yeah, it was cut devious off at nose. The tip. <laughs> it was a small devious nose, and he had acne. Oh no. 
He did. And he had a bright red face. You know who also had acne? Who? Charles Bukowski. I know. He wasn't devious. Goddamn hero. Yeah. Actually, maybe he was devious. Yes, he was. But in like the best way. In the best way. You devious, know what I mean? Yeah. Not like this. Not like sneaky. I, know I what hate you mean. sneakiness. Like a little jerk. Yeah. Just like, like just be blunt. I'd rather you just be honest with your deviousness. You can wear it on your sleeve. Is that weird? I don't know. Maybe. I think this was we uh we ventured into this water our first episode too when you saw, talked about reading minds, and I was like ah you don't really want to know people's thoughts like some people's devi- deviousness I'm like I don't really need to know it, you know it depends I guess like if it's a if it's against me if your deviousness is uh, arsoning my house yeah let me know ahead of time you know but if, if you just want to burn shit in a park like it's not my business it's uh, maybe maybe not and maybe i'm walking back a little bit okay so maybe i don't want to know if you kill cats because cats are beautiful no i want to know that because i'm fucking i'm gonna have a problem with that you're not gonna be killing cats around me <laughs> no time yeah, soon well, okay. my best friend's a feral cat <laughs> yeah so what wouldn't you want to know in terms of deviousness i don't know like if you're you're into feet. I don't give a shit if you're into I knew a girl who wore a deviousness. Uh, so she joined a, so, uh, this is a frat, actually. It was a pharmacy fraternity. It was based oh. on her uh, profession. And one of the things they did is uh, they they used dry ice to, like, uh, burn in their call letters. Yeah. Which is, like, kind of, I don't know, dry ice, like, yeah. seems it's like you do. It's a very pharmaceutical thing. It's a pharmaceutical, it's the nerdiest way to mark your skin. <laughs> <laughs> you could do so many cooler things. You could tattoo yourself literally with a pen that, mm-hmm. like, you refashioned with a electronic toothbrush. Like, you know, that shows off your cleverness, and it has, like, a good origin to it. It's a part of a tradition. Mm-hmm. Just dry icing yourself. I don't know. It's a little bit like on the, uh, it's like Fight Club for, like, kids, you know? Yeah. It's a little too weak for me. So that was one of my favorite ones. That girl was insane. Uh, her roommate was this pretty cool girl that, like, uh, I was friendly with, and, uh, one time, the girl joined the fraternity was out of town, and she was really worried about people rooting through her stuff. Mm-hmm. So she took talcum powder, baby powder, and she put it all over her desk. <laughs> like a crime scene? Like a crime scene. <laughs> like she's going to see footprints. Or maybe she was looking for ghosts, you know, and we just thought it was trying to trap a roommate, but maybe she was paranormal investigating <laughs> that whole time. <laughs> I never thought of that angle. <laughs> but that's a pretty wild choice, you know. You can hate yeah. your roommate, but, like, that's wearing your deviousness on its sleeve, though, right? Like, you know, I don't see? fucking trust you. Yeah. So I'm going to put powder on every goddamn thing I own. I'm wearing it on my sleeve. But I feel like that's such a bold statement. And you know what? I would rather have that person than than that person sneering around being like, I don't want them to touch my stuff. As long as they don't say it. I don't know. I get both, right? Like, But I would like just an assertive, normal person who'd be like, hey, please don't touch my stuff. And I'll be like, I won't. You know, and we trust each other because we're both fucking normal people. Clearly something happened there. Where she's like in her history, yeah, but in not her necessarily history. with that. Her person. parents kept looking into her room for her diary. That's what happened. Maybe she's hiding her diary. I can't wait to again. go to college and join a f- pharmacy fraternity. I'm gonna mix up my all, secrets. I'm gonna mix up all the chemical compounds and <laughs> fucking inject them. <laughs> hey, you'd think that would be some of those members, but I doubt that. My be- my best friend. In high school, she ended up being in a pharmacy sorority, but like the nerdiest kind. I think that's what always happens. I don't think they even, you know, it's just like that's what she wanted to be. That was an identity for her. I knew a bad boy of pharmacy school. He was real muscular. You know, that was his thing. Like, so he really got into like diet and like uh, supplements and like 
you know. In other news, we both know more than one person in a pharmacy frat or sorority. I feel like that's a bit of an anomaly. I want to say I feel like that actor, but I can't think of his name. The one who plays Bukowski. Crispin Glover. No, I'm kidding. Matt Dillon. (laughs) (laughs) Crispin Glover as Charles Bukowski. Matt Dillon. So I got a couple other things. Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. That would have been a good... Oh, he... Well, that's rough. Bukowski wrote that movie. Yeah. At first, I thought you were just saying he'd play a good Bukowski. And, like, nowadays, I think it wouldn't be bad. No, not his face now. No, Bukowski never had work done. That's no, like, that's, that's a... part str- of the charm. That's a stretched, thin face. What are three things you'll miss about summer now that it's gone? What For- am I going to miss about summer? Well, I'm going to miss hanging out with a cat all day. That's the feral a feral cat. That's a high intensity answer you're giving me. Yeah, the feral cat. <laughs> fucking lightning bolt tonight. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm going to miss lobster rolls, the ocean, and swimming outside. But uh, no, I know you love swimming. You're like a man of the ocean. It's the best. You're I would really take a good. jet ski to work if it was possible, you know? Yeah. But I don't have a job, so. <laughs> I love the morning in the summer. The morning is my favorite time where everything is still kind of asleep and everything's, you know, but people are asleep, but the animals are waking up. The world's the usable birds. too. You yeah. got light outside almost. Yeah. You can see shit. Uh, yeah. And the weather's still okay. It's not that humid. And it's just so like positive because you have the whole day ahead of you. I like it. What are three things about the winter you're looking forward to? That was just one thing I did, too. Uh, what's one thing I... The winter... I like the smell of winter. Like dust? <laughs> oh, God, not inside. No. That's horrible. I hate the smell of heat. It's never clean. People do not clean their heating systems. And that is how you get sick. That is how... It smells bad. That is how you get bloody noses. I just hate that shit. Anyway, no, I love the smell of winter. It's this crispness outside. No, I get you. There was a band I used to listen to in college called The Microphones, and he had a lyric about the awful feeling of electric heat. Or mm-hmm. in, And I just loved the band because I was like, finally, someone who says how I feel. Yeah. I fucking hate heat. I hate how it feels on my skin. It took me a long time to realize that. That, like, people, you know, like, ah, oh, the heat really sucks. I do not like it. I would rather be cold. I agree. Just put a sweater on. Yeah. Yeah. Wear a blanket like a cape. You know. There's many things you can do. Wear layers. Long johns. Yeah. So I like the crispness of winter. And I also also like the uh, superstitions related to winter. The crazy old stories related to winter. My favorite old story that's not related to science was my mom. Well, I think this is pretty common. Favorite story not related to science. No, that's (laughs) how you introduced that. I was going to ask you a question because I could tell you had something. And you're like, "Here's my favorite story not related to science." No fucking science in this one. (laughs) You really pitched it. I I can't wait. So my mom used to tell me that if I went outside and it was cold and I wasn't wearing a jacket, that I would get sick. And that's and there's no science in that at all. And then I found out the other day, I think that's a more common thing 
than people think. Yeah, your mom didn't people, make that up. No, but she just told me. And it's then just she would fake. Oh, medicine. and then she would give me this crazy tea. This is true. Crazy tea? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this tea was made out of raw onions. Oh god damn. Fermented over several days with a like a pinch of sugar. And she would say that this is what you need in order to stay healthy. I think that's a law and order SV episode <laughs> too. <laughs> And then she put you in a cage and made you stand on a table. I told you this story was not related to science. It's not. Um, it's just pure folk superstition that onions would somehow cure me of any disease that I got from going outside and not wearing a jacket. Well, speaking of like, we like talked about Bukowski for a sec, like old alcoholics, they have a belief, like a folk belief that eating onions is like good for your liver. So, like, uh, there are different drinking cultures out there where, like, raw onions like, a big thing. They're very Russian. Very Eastern European. Germans do it. Uh, there's a couple. I think Cubans might be in on that. But, like, you know, it happens. Irish people eat, like, uh, I don't think they eat raw onions, but, like, you can be on, like, a cheese board. You'll see it. But I don't, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if that's real. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, you, There's I don't no think, science. I mean, there might be. That's a weird scientist to be. Like, you show up to work and be like, I'm going to figure out if onions help when you're an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Do onions help late-term alcoholism? <laughs> Take one of my little numbers and call in if you want to be part of my study. <laughs> and quit vaping with hypnosis. Yeah, it... That 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 was an uh, that was an idea related to science. There's another one my mom used to tell me about how you shouldn't sit on the cement. That I've heard that. I'd give but people hemorrhoids. I, that's what they used to say. I do think there might be some science related to that one. But my mom's like idea of science is very elementary school Doctor Oz. This was like well, you before know why Dr. homeless Oz. people don't sleep straight up on like cement, right? Well, because it like leaches out moisture from your body. S- sucks moisture out of your body, yeah. so you'll wake up all fucked up and dehydrated, especially if you're drinking. Yeah. I heard some people will get like stuck to it, you know. Oh, so really? the cardboard stops that phenomenon from happening. Wow. You know? That's why in your garage, if you pour something on the ground, it just disappears. Yeah. It's not magic. It's See, concrete. so that one's related to science. The other ones, I don't know. But if you're sitting there for 10 minutes, you're not going to fuse to the ground like Project Blue Beam or some shit. You know, yeah. <laughs> you just have a cold ass. Oh, here's another not science story my mom used to tell me, a little superstition. She said that before any test as a kid, the way the best way to study is to put the book or the material that you were studying under your pillow. Madonna thinks that too. <laughs> that's, that's a... When they made like Kabbalah, like a like a fun like yeah. thing for rich people. Ooh, it's so cool. You can just like hover your hands over and you get all the info, which is really convenient <laughs> if you're like on the go. You know, if you want info, you're on the go. Don't worry about it. Just download it through your fingers. So you know, I did pretty well in school. I did put my study material under my pillow pretty often. Do you like firm pillows now? <laughs> Maybe you just got good sleep. I did. You had that over the other kids because they just slept on the concrete <laughs> in the fucking neighborhood you grew up in. <laughs> That's how you study and you still do well. My mom's like, you got to put something between the concrete and you. So your mom is a big theme tonight, which is great because <laughs> last episode you talked about, you know, doing impressions, doing voices, how you like doing your mother's voice. No, I don't like you, it. No, you love it. And the thing is, you said you, you never get to practice because I'm not a willing audience. <laughs> And I felt terrible about it. I went home. It troubled me. I thought about this. And I'm like, I'm, I want to say yes to what you're doing creatively. So I think this is an awesome time. Because your mom's been introduced as a character. People want to know, like, what's this lady sound like? She has all this fucking wisdom. 
Just tell them, you know. So, like, what's this wisdom sound like? So I brought some reading material you. <laughs> that you can practice in your in your mom's accent, and just kind of like, and just see where we go. I have a script, and I have just like a book of sayings. So we're gonna start with a book of sayings. I haven't picked any particular sayings, but it would be great if you can choose them from like one of these two pages or and then go from there and find ones you like and just try to read these in your mom's voice pick a selection of like three or four you're comfortable with. oh gosh this is gonna be uh an acting challenge uh, yeah a creative yeah. challenge i don't know if i can do i don't know if i can do my mom justice okay just try your best method all right oh <laughs> i dip my forefinger in the watery blood of your impotent mad redeemer and right over his thorn thorn brow the true prince of evil the king of slaves <laughs> I, 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 think I, I, think got some. I think i think i found stuff i like your mom saying let's try a couple more right. keep it going all right uh, it sounds like your mom but you're not there yet i just feel like you got to commit to the character all a little. Right. i like I, that you start with a complaint noise by well, the that's way what my mom would start with <laughs> fucking gotta read oh no <laughs> um i raise up in stern invasion the standard of the strong i gaze into the glassy eye of your fearsome jehovah and pluck him by the beard. I uplift the broad axe and split open his worm-eaten skull. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like I like it. I think we have something here, though. So we should work on this voice. Okay. Well, now that you let me. You hate when I try to talk in my mom's accent. I, clearly, I, I have I the don't. wrong I just material. feel like we didn't have the right venue. <laughs> so I think this is something I would like to include when you co-host with me, is that we do a little, like, workshopping of this character... We'll bring a script. Maybe I'll work on a voice or two, and you can help develop the character. So that was just a little preview. Um, I have another script for later, possibly, if we want to workshop a scene. But we might save that for the future. Yeah. You know, but thank you for sharing that with us. I think that yeah, was an interesting welcome. insight into where your wisdom comes from. <laughs> this is wisdom I share with everyone on a daily basis. Don't sit on concrete. No, don't sit Pluck the bloody concrete. beard of Jehovah. <laughs> Your mom sent me that letter. That's where that's from. It was a letter your mom wrote me. Oh, she did? <laughs> yeah. She took true with, she plagiarized? Just straight plagiarism. <laughs> I Googled it. It was in another book by a guy named Anton LaVey called the Satanic Bible. So uh, your mom's doubly a thief. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would make sense. I don't think my mom would write anything creatively on her own. Oof. Yo, burn it. Burn burn the witch. No, mm -hmm. uh, so it's... Well, let's go back to fraternities. Like, let's talk about well. Oh, let's talk about the one that got shut down with the guy who wrote that newspaper article. I mean, it's not what's that there good. to say? He was a snitch. He's a snitch. I don't okay, want to. So I don't want to give voice to that. But I actually have something else I wanted to talk to you about, and that is uh, movies that have changed our lives. Oh. So, I'll give you a second to think about it, and we can talk about like a film you've seen that had a profound impact on you, not just in how you enjoy films, but how you live your life. Maybe none have, you know, I don't, maybe it never This was is a really hard question, you know. Someone who really likes movies can't just say the last thing. And you know, it's funny, I would definitely never pick like a Netflix movie 
Like, ah, I saw this movie on Netflix. I loved it. It changed my life. No, that's not true. I mean, there probably are movies on Netflix. Yeah, that but it's are not Netflix cal- movies. But they're not made by Netflix. No. No. It's kicking and screaming. Noah Baumbach. I saw that was. I mean, I watch a lot of Criterion Collection movies, but not really. You know, you kind of like half watch them. I mean, they're good, but they're not like interesting. And that was the first one where I'm like, holy shit, this is so relevant. This was this was made in the 90s, early 90s, but it's so relevant to today. It's about college. Well, it's about guys who graduate college and it's the year after college. Oh, they still live on campus. I don't want to interrupt, but if fraternities and sororities were important in this movie, I would have seemed like a genius. Uh, Too bad, huh? No, there's no fraternities <laughs> or sororities at all. They, no, those, not those like characters. The least kind, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like the debate of like, should you go overseas? His girlfriend does. Uh, she goes to the Czech Republic. Do you, what kind of job do you get? She goes do you to still, the Czech Republic? Yeah. What year was this? This was the early 90s. I want to say it's 92, 94. That. Exactly. It's wild. Uh, yeah. Or, or do you She's still hang a out? CIA at the, agent. Do you say? Do you hang out with the kids from college? Parker Posey is in that movie. She still, I think, is going to college, or she fucks someone in college in that college. Oh, if I recall, I think she is a student, and one of the principal male characters is dating her. Yeah, the guy from Higher Learning who rapes Christy Swanson. No shit, that's the same guy. Yeah. How fucking long did that guy go? He went like me. He was in college for fucking 20 years. He has what I call, what they call a lob, which is a long bob of hair. Remember? I don't remember his name. He looked a little bit like the guy from Outside Providence. Doesn't he kind of look like, uh, like just if, uh, let me make sure I'm thinking of the right guy. Sean he looks Hattie. like a lifeguard. Yes. Right? I, in fact, I bet he played a lifeguard in something. Probably like his fucking hometown yeah. in Groton, Connecticut, or whatever. Anyway, yeah. So kicking and screaming, definitely, and and just there's that line about like I'm feeling nostalgic about the moment, this moment, like right now, like that. I feel like it's something that's even taken today's. Like think about how important nostalgia is in selling shit and selling ideas. Sure, you couldn't sell Xanax without nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> it's a major part of their marketing campaign. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Remember I tomorrow right again now. today. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck happened, Mom? <laughs> and that's a good movie. I love and I love Noah Baumbach. I, I, every movie he's done after that. I have a lot of friends like Greenberg. Even even yeah. Writing letters and shit. So I relate to Noah Baumbach. For me it's Fight Club. And you know, even that Netflix movie actually that he did, the Meyerwitz stories, that's actually pretty good. So I do take it back. That is a good movie. I, yeah, I with Adam Sa- Sandler and Dustin Hoffman. Adam Sandler, if he finds the right stuff and he's not goofy, is so good. But I get it. You want to be goofy for, like, I get it. Like, you want to be goofy with your friends and do cool things and, like, be in cool places. That totally makes sense to me. Oh, yeah? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you I get it? I think it's horrible <laughs> shit art, but, like, I get it. Mm. People like it. People like your mom. People like my mom. They love Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, you gotta know your audience. I mean, yeah. not everything's for every person. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can expect fucking like uh, Happy uh, Gilmore pro- productions to make the Seventh Seal. You know, no. it's just that's not. I'd like to see that. I can. I can imagine Steve Buscemi possibly being in this. Ooh, is he the knight or is he death? <laughs> he death. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. I could also see him doing the uh, Last Temptation of Christ, doing uh, what's his face Defoe Defoe's role. Yeah. He'd be pretty good. I know. I love him. 
All right, sorry. You said Fight Club. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's not like the whole fighting thing because, like, that's a real knucklehead takeaway yeah. from that movie. But uh, for me, it was two things particularly. I like the whole scene where they're in a car and the guy's getting a little weird and he's acting like he might crash it. And they're talking about, like, things they would regret not doing before they died. Mm-hmm. And the one guy's like, I never built a house. And then the other one's like, I never painted a self-portrait. And when I saw that movie, I was still in high school. And it really resonated with me. like... Well, I'm never going to build a house. That sounds terrible. But I've never painted a self-portrait. And, uh, you know, I felt like I should uh, correct that. Mm-hmm. I'd regret not having painted a self-portrait. So every year since I saw a movie, I painted a self-portrait of myself on my birthday. Like, or around yeah. it. On or around. Yeah. Except this year I did something a little different. Yeah. I painted a portrait on myself. Yeah. I tattooed myself. Yeah, permanently yeah well that's the thing like that's i wasn't even sure if i was going to talk about because it it's like am i revealing mental illness is it just or is it like a cool fun thing i did but uh i, I think, think it depends on who your audience is it didn't get infected let's <laughs> yeah so that leans towards cool and fun <laughs> <laughs> you know not foolish <laughs> uh i took precautions i shaved it i washed it down i used uh-huh. a tattoo machine yeah because i think stick and poke tattoos are just not for me like i'm not gonna criticize uh-huh. someone else's artistic choice but that takes so long yeah to get like a fairly large tattoo uh-huh. by sticking and poking yourself like the rpms on a tattoo machine because mm-hmm. i taught myself how to tattoo by watching three to four youtube videos and i read part of an ebook <laughs> so like i knew what i was doing going i knew what i was doing going into it you know uh-huh. i was very well educated i was <laughs> ready <laughs> and, youtube ready uh, yeah and by the time you start you kind of you have to learn on the fly you know like once you start tattooing yourself you're tattooing yourself you can't not know how to do it at that point you have to figure it out or you're just gonna have a weird scar a shitty story about how you're a coward <laughs> i fucking I abandoned this halfway through you know it doesn't look bad either so I guess that's a testament to the fact that you're able, you know, your skill. So I didn't pick for video, so you're gonna have to believe us that it looks good. But I, I did show my co-host uh, mm-hmm. a tattoo, and it's a wolf. It's a party animal wolf. He has a cool party hat, and he has sunglasses on, and he's howling, having a good time. And I put it on my left leg because that's really the only thing you can tattoo as a right-handed man on yourself, <laughs> which is still pretty fucking hard. Like it's tattooing yourself is half learning yoga. And, you know, so like tattooing's not, I mean, it's a real skill. It's a true art, a true American art. Uh, although other like people in places have it as an art too, but like I'm following the American tradition of using a coil machine and, you know, uh, fucking jacking myself up with that and some electricity. And, but it was a real learning experience, you know, and I probably wouldn't have done that if I didn't start drawing portraits of myself. And uh, because I just watched a movie all those years ago. Based on a great book. But I like the movie a lot. I think Brad Pitt is fucking amazing in that movie. Yeah. That's one of my favorite roles. Like, Brad Pitt is, like, the the leading man of my time. You yeah. know what I mean? He had all the roles growing up where I was like, what a bad motherfucker. Like, yeah. especially, and, like, he's pretty. Yeah. He's pretty, so you're still rooting for him as, like, a man's man. Yeah. Like, that's as good as it gets. You know, that's like action heroes out of the, the past. You know, he's 12 Monkeys was on the other day and I was thinking about watching it. Genius. He's so good in that. It's you can see the origin of the Fight Club ideology in that movie. Yeah. It's kind of like stick it to that's a good movie though. Like uh that's a smart one. Uh-huh. What really happened in 12 Monkeys? You've never seen it ever? No, I did. I watched it with you a few years ago. But I was going to say my particular favorite right now is Meet Joe Black. 
at first I was like, there's no way in hell am I seeing that movie. Very long. long. Very long. Looks very boring. Oh my gosh, it's so good. He's he's good. I mean, for lack of a better word, he's very he's kind of funny. He's got a good. He's got some decent dialogue in there. It's kind of a good sense of humor. You know what's funny? For me, it's not the dialogue. Recently, we were listening to an actor speak, and he mm-hmm. said there's something about uh, just watching the movement and the expressions, especially in some older films. Yeah, Bruce Stern. Bruce Stern was speaking on that. And uh, we've been watching like Marlon Brando films, mm-hmm. watched a couple uh, John Wayne movies, The Quiet Man, about uh, him going to Ireland after killing a man in a boxing ring. <laughs> Oh, you, you don't find out that he killed a man on the boxing ring unless you read the back of the video yeah. or get to like act three. You know? <laughs> For a big fucking plot point, they really hide that in there. Yeah, they didn't want it to be too violent and they didn't want it to be littered with too much politics. So there is some IRA <laughs> stuff kind of put within. There's the Protestant minister and the Catholic priest living in the same town. No car bombs. No car bombs. Yeah, I know. Harrison Ford didn't come save the day. But the priest has to hide his. I forgot what it's called. What's that called? Um, his priest wear. His clavicle. Yeah, he has to hide his clavicle when the when the Protestant minister comes they want to by. See bird chested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so Brando, he's a genius at like just emotion through his face and like just body movement. But then you watch Joe Black, you see like Brad Pitt has that quality. It's not just like a guy reading words someone else yeah. wrote. Like his, he has a presence to him, where uh, you believe the emotion appropriate to the scene. You know what I mean? Like it's like he's wearing that mask from Greece that has a smile or a frown. Oh yeah. You know, and I don't think uh, Greece. Yeah, ancient Greece. Oh, like yeah, back oh, in the day. Okay. You know, they innovated that. Not John Travolta, not John Travolta's in the round, mask. Theater in the round. <laughs> I would like to see Travolta do like uh, some Greek tragedies. Yeah. John Travolta and Antigone. He's great on Instagram. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. He's a wild man. You can tell those eyes are hiding nothing really. It's just right there, man. <laughs> I'm John Travolta. I'm a wild man. <laughs> All these fraternity secrets. <laughs> they ain't shit compared to what I do in my basement. <laughs> Is Scientology just today's fraternity? Well, no. It they exist. They've existed. Well, no. Scientology is later. But anyway. Is Scientology fraternity? It's a brotherhood. I mean, again, there's females in it, Elizabeth. Sisterhood? <laughs> I don't know. It's both, right? It's mm-hmm. a, a fraternity. It's a fraternal organization. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to take on this Church of Scientology. I heard they're very litigious. Yeah. So we don't have Leo Romani here. <laughs> I don't have anyone who can speak to that. <laughs> I walked by some reading rooms. There used to be one in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Uh, it was by a barber and a guy who sold cigars. I never dropped in. I don't even read books at Barnes & Noble, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, we've been married for 10 years. Oh, you're revealing it on the podcast. Oh, yeah, sorry. Liz is not only my co-host, she's my wife. 10 years. Ten year, oh, yeah. 10 years this of wife. The big reveal. The big See, reveal. It's Pull the curtain back. Second, third act. It's a long tradition. You yeah. know, dun, dun, dun. people yeah. podcasting <laughs> with their wives. I joined Ethan Klein and uh, today Burt Kreischer in the long <laughs> tradition of podcasting with your old lady. <laughs> My friends won't show up reliably. No. <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> no. No. Yo, I can't smoke weed in there. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it'd be rude. You know, <laughs> this recording equipment looks expensive. 
So being married is not always fun, but sometimes there is great moments. Besides this, it's been ten years. It's kind of crazy. Things like went by fast. What do you even do for a tenth? Like I, I forgot to look into this. Being married for ten years. Oh, I don't know. Is it like wood or something? It's not a diamond. I mean, you're outing Steel. me as a terrible husband on this thing because so I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I didn't buy you anything. Yeah. Uh, I gave you the gift of audio <laughs> for a 10th anniversary. Um, I think all that fucking stuff so dumb. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I sound like a guy tricking a woman into agreeing with him. Because oh, this is so dumb. I mean, You're what a so social smart. construct, you know, like fucking money and stuff. You're but, a forward <laughs> thinker. Why would you do that? People buying each other garbage just keeps them in a cycle of buying each other garbage. It's like the yeah. reverse of the giving tree where you end up fucking in a little hovel with a bunch of nonsense and like you can't go nowhere. And you got to cut down that giving tree to make the boxes. You got to sell the fucking giving tree. <laughs> 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 you gotta cut it up and burn it for fuel. Uh, yeah, um, it's been it's been a long time, ten years, but it goes by so fast. It's like funny. I feel like I married you like two years ago, three years ago. There's certain t- points in our life where like things just like flew by. Really I think life quick, like but... shoots and ladders. Personally, in my yeah. my perspective, really long ladders and really short ladders. Fucking, there's a Modest Mouse song where he's like, uh, "The years go fast, but the days go so slow." And like, I relate to that. I mean, because mm-hmm. like, you tell me to wait 15 minutes for something, you might as well just fucking tell me to go fuck myself. Like, yeah. it's not. I'm not waiting 15 minutes for anything. Yeah. No, I won the lottery. Yeah. 15 minutes. I don't know. Give it to some other guy. Yeah. But uh, I think people are shocked that we've been married for 10 years too. It's because I look so young. Yeah. You know, it's really hard for them to believe I've done anything for 10 years. It's all e- that moisturizing. Even been alive for 10 years. All the uh, combing of the beard. People often think I'm eight, nine oiling. years old. Yeah. I blame that movie Jack with Robin Williams. <laughs> you know, Robin did a lot for comedy, but he really, he hurt guys with that disorder. He really brought us back years because they think when you look like an adult child, you have to be successful. Or... <laughs> <laughs> it's just not true. It's unrealistic oh well you know webster was successful for a while but he was a straight adult wasn't he willis i don't know i'm sorry what you talking gary coleman he was an adult when he they rolled him out and then he was still an adult for a long time his stand-up was really funny like uh gary coleman yeah he's a funny like he had some funny shit yeah yeah but he died unfortunately right? yeah he passed away a couple years ago yeah i used to watch that show religiously as a kid that one in webster there was a child molestation episode um, that I recently, re- well, not recently. I rewatched like two years ago because I had, I remember, I remembered it. I was like, "There's a fucking child molestation episode of that show." Different strokes, Different, right? And I recall it, and then I'm like, "I gotta see if that's on YouTube." Sure enough, it is on YouTube in two parts. At the time, they split it up, but yeah, it was just as creepy as I remember. Some weird old man tries to show him pornographic cartoons. Uh, he owns a bike shop. He looks suspiciously a lot like the dad. I remember this. And yeah. then, uh, you know, the day gets saved. But Who saves him? His brother? Sister? He kind of knows something's off. And like yeah. his friends are like, oh, fucking, yeah. this is weird. But he wants a bike. That's how he keeps going back. He wants that bike. He wants that bike. And uh, the guy gets progressively weirder. And then in the end, like the dad shows up. But it was one of those weird moments where there's laugh tracks in throughout the show. Like there can laughter in like the dramatic tensions being provided by the fact that this little boy might be child molested <laughs> by this evil pedophile who owns a store 
premised on selling shit to kids. I would love to have canned laughter to use sometimes. Especially like, like at funerals, times. house yeah, fires. Times during fights, like when people argue with you, just laughter. That would be pretty funny when someone's just stomping around angry and they look all yeah. ridiculous just to start playing laughter and <laughs> watch them go on a murderous rampage instead. <laughs> Let's see if we can turn this up to 11. Oh, I think know. of that Danny Brown video. The, ain't it funny? Ain't it funny when that happens? Jonah Hill directed. Yeah. That's a good music video. Um, yeah, can laughter would be great as long as everyone else also heard it and it wasn't mm-hmm. just schizophrenia. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Although that sounds like a benign voice is in your oh, head. Yeah. Although I guess laughter could be pretty cruel. Like we're talking about uh-huh. those girls on the table with them circles. You know, <laughs> I'm sure that can laughter hurt. Uh-huh. I imagine sorority and fraternity laughter sounds like live studio audience laughter because mm-hmm. those are the people who become members of live studio audience. Besides bums who want like day work. <laughs> They go to see the Jerry Springer show for a hundred dollars up in Connecticut. They don't give you a hundred bucks nowadays, do they? I don't know. No way. They it's give you money though. <laughs> they give you money. But you have to sit there for several tapings. You get like fifteen bucks and pizza. I remember they were doing it for the Maury Povich show for a while. Now the Steve Wilkos show. Oh man, Steve Wilkos has my favorite like restrained fake anger. Yeah. It's like a dad trying to tell a kid something, and you know that kid could be like. Fuck you, Steve Wilkos. And Steve isn't going to do shit. No. <laughs> just going to fucking look at you like, oh, he called angry. my bluff. He might I, pound his fist I a just little. just threw a chair against the wall for no reason. <laughs> you know, um, one of the women, I believe, I believe the one that goes, Michael, from 90 Day Fiance, she was on Jerry Springer. Oh, no way. Or like, Povich. One of those. She, I think it might have been a showrunner? No, yeah, she was a showrunner. She was a guest, a special <laughs> oh, guest. I was confused. I thought she, she had did problems with part. her daughter, her teen daughter at the time. No way, she wasn't a good mom. I know. That's Can you believe insane. that someone who ends up on Ninety Day Fiance is not a good mom? And that was the other way, right? No. She. Oh yeah. She. Well, she did visit. Oh, but she intended yeah, to live yeah, in America, yeah, yeah. so it wasn't no. actually that. Come on, her. she's a a woman like that. She's a big lady. Anywhere hot was going to murder loud. her. Michael! She had so many places mosquitoes could bite. Oh, so yeah. moving anywhere where there's mosquito-borne uh, illness is like a bad move. Yeah. You got so much surface area. Oof. <laughs> you know her blood's fucking delicious. <laughs> so rich in platelets. <laughs> yeah. We talked about 90 Day Fiance last time. I mean, it's clearly the only TV show like that I've I'm seen. I'm watching in a right while. now on YouTube. I found out that I could watch it on YouTube sometimes. Can, I, can we break the fourth wall in a podcast and talk about like what we actually watch and listen to? Because then, like, I listen to podcasts. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watch YouTube. I listen to podcasts. Uh, Two Bears, One Cave was excellent. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Leanne gave him way less dead air. Really? Yeah, she's better trained at this than you. You gotta... Oh, <laughs> shut up. I'm trying here. I'm fucking with you. Okay, good. I, I listen to Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon's anger and fury over everything gets me fired up in the morning. I imagine if you're, like, hanging out with him in person, when he gets animated, like, his hair moves a lot. Yeah. Like that front flop He definitely flops. moves his head a lot when he talks. He's, you know... I love to. I imagine hair like that's very good as like an exclamation point. It's like moving your hands. Yeah. Like I don't have any hair. So like I don't. Yeah. I have a beard, but that's not quite the same because the hair kind of goes back where it belongs better, I feel. Tim Dillon talked about how Logan Paul is going to be president one day. 
And that he should help. He's going to be his Steve Bannon. <laughs> That's fun. I want to be his Scaramucci. Uh, That's who I'd sign up to be. Uh, Joe Rogan would be the Secretary of State. Who's the Secretary of State now? <laughs> I fucking no clue. <laughs> Not even a fucking idea. I wanted to say it's probably Hillary Clinton, but that's definitely not right. No, it's not right. <laughs> I haven't looked into this in a minute. <laughs> I know that Mike Pence is the vice president. Uh, there was that Chappelle sketch about like rappers, and they were like, who's the greatest rapper? And he's like, Dillon, Dillon, Dillon. And I, when it comes to like politics, I'm like, who's a politician? Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. <laughs> oh, and there's Nancy Pelosi sometimes, I think. Yeah. <laughs> They get on TV, but you don't remember them. Like, politicians need, like, catchphrases, or they need to stop all dressing the same. They've been canceled too quickly. No, I think they've not been canceled quick enough. A lot of them have been there for, like, 57 years. That's true. Uh, Carrie's still a man around town, isn't he? I think he still has political appointments. Really? They all do shit forever. Yeah. They're vampires, man. Look into it. (laughs) They have blood boys and blood bags. Yeah, we're getting back to secret societies Uh, now. Yeah, Yeah, I'm wormholing my way back. (laughs) (laughs) They have blood boys and blood bags that keep them supplied. I think that's one of the most fascinating things to me was that episode of Silicon Valley. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to assume it's totally true. Uh, Gavin has a blood boy. Uh, that gets in blood that's transplants. Totally, that's been in like legitimate news sources. Like yeah. old people, rich old people, because it's yeah. very expensive, get blood transfusions from young people. The younger the blood, the better the pop. You know what I mean? It's like Coke. It has less stepped on. You get a little more jacked up. But uh, it's expensive. And like what kids how are giving do, up how blood? How do you volunteer for this? And like what is, you know. I'm sure if you have the blood they like, mm-hmm. the, and you want to volunteer, it's not that hard to set up. No. You know, because you have a, a valuable commodity. Mm-hmm. But, like, who has blood that's good enough? Right. Like, someone pure. Yeah. So do you need va- Like, what if you were vaccinated? Right. Is that a plus or a minus in the blood boy community? Probably depends on who's buying the blood. Yeah. Like, uh, some people want milk that's not pasteurized. Are you sexually active? Are you asking me personally? No, blood boy. <laughs> <laughs> like the 80s again <laughs> i couldn't be a blood boy because i recently got a tattoo <laughs> i think i'm too old to be a blood girl yeah. and i've also had vaccines you sure yeah a long time ago i got them when i was a kid back when they were still good <laughs> yeah back when the vaccines were before they started tasty. adding that poison to yeah. them mm-hmm. so we're recording this in november it'll yeah. probably air in december i'm thinking and this month is a month of a challenge, uh, like an internet-based challenge. So in October, there's Sober October, right. where people you know, don't imbibe substances. So November is No Nut November, where groups of, I think it's mostly young men, they don't ejaculate. Not only do they not masturbate, they won't have sex, nothing. That's the idea. Which sounds just silly. Uh-huh. But then there was a group of news articles that have come out, Rolling Stone, a bunch of other stuff saying this is a dangerous trend <laughs> that's like somehow like anti-woman a bunch of stuff and like just all around bad so at first i was like well this is just silly who cares what these guys do if they watch porn or not it's just you know yeah. dumb and then people are saying it's bad that they're doing it so now i think that something's up like my conspiracy minded brains like they're saying that this is bad 
pornography must have hidden messages, like making people go uh, crazy in our country. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where they're that's where they're hiding the stuff. That's where Epstein's private, you know, <laughs> codes are hidden. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. you gotta you gotta look at the art in like adult uh films and like figure out the code. Well who's writing these articles? <laughs> Probably the fucking same person at the AP, you know, and it's just reprinted in three different magazines. <sighs> I'm, I did this two years ago. I hate I'll my just, job. I'll just change a few words. All right. This article, good to go. Um, so what's your take, though? So the fact that this it was a silly movement, what do you make of that if you want? Also, the fact that there's a backlash in the journalism, is that something you can read into as like a corporate interest or having their say? Like, you know, what are in those tea leaves to your imagination? All right. So... It's content, content, content now. So you'll just write about anything, anything that'll get clicks, anything that'll get views. So I think that's what that is. Why is there a slew of it? Because honestly, I feel like they all just troll Reddit and write about shit that they find on Reddit. And that becomes a news article because that's content and that's fast and that's updated like every few seconds, like every second probably. I don't know. I can't tell you, but it's updated really frequently. And that's it. Is there corporate interest? Sure. I mean, is it sponsored by Manscaped? Is it sponsored by Blue Chip? <laughs> is it sponsored by any of those? Possibly, sure, if we really look into it. But I think it's really content, content, content. And as a journalist now, you're probably just a writing machine. I mean, I did it. yeah, And I know what it looks like now. It's just you're constantly producing shit. And you're making it. And it, it, sometimes you got to lie out of your ass. Sometimes you got to, like, okay, what do you say about this? What's your quote? Um what do I think about the movement? I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's that so. You don't think it, you don't you don't think that there's a conspiracy. You just think it's a natural news cycle. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's you, probably right. You spot something, and then seven people write about it because all seven of you, seven of you saw it, and you all write for different papers or publications. Where do you see conspiracies? Are there any things out there where you're like, I don't know about that. That's I'm gonna push back. Like you know, because Jeffrey I, Epstein. So that's, I mean, that's the iceberg, right? <laughs> Are you just saying that to fuck with me? Because you know that it's the linchpin of everything. Yeah. I mean, I think that's proof to anyone paying attention that there are conspiracies that are definitely real. And like that's a conspiracy that is, there's something there. Like you can't deny it at that point. Yeah. You know, so, but I, you, you can't, and I feel like that's conspiracy theory 101. You have, like, if you know about Jeffrey Epstein, like, ever, you, and you say, oh no, he hung himself. He was so sad. He didn't want to continue. You're, you're missing something big. You're missing the effect here. Right. But then there's the pushback in the conspiracy community that too many people are saying he didn't kill himself. So, so he, he must killed- have killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's ridiculous. I know that's that's the that's the disinformation campaign. That's the whole Orwellian double speak. Yeah. That's the problem with the media. Yeah. They lie so much you can't believe anything. So even when something's true, you're like, that's you know, birth bullshit. rates are down. Aren't birth rates like a record low? And so, men aren't masturbating now. So men a, aren't masturbating for a month. Men aren't fucking for a month. You know, I see where you're going. My immediately, I was like, then I guess it was about time Epstein Island closed down, because <laughs> clearly, like, what's the future look like there? Uh, Supply and demand. Cleanup crew. Oh. Now the cleanup crew, there definitely no secrets. How many jobs have been lost on Little and Big St. James, <laughs> and why is no one talking about that? Who's gonna work to create jobs in Little and Big St. James now that Jeffrey's gone? You know, I, I... who's gonna step up to the mantle? 
we need a headhunter here to get recruit some good solid folks. I remember when uh, Epstein was arrested, they interviewed his pilot. <laughs> like that was a big story. It was a major publication. I think it was the Times. That guy or must know some yes, shit. Exactly. You know, everyone's like, "Who was on the plane?" The who, pilot every time. Who <laughs> put on the together the toilet there? Who did the electricity? Who fixed shit? Yeah, it looked nice. You know, Jeffrey didn't do it all by himself. Oh no! <laughs> I've been hanging out here for like nine years alone. It was uh, the first part of the story was actually called Treasure Island, <laughs> 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 and that's what he did with the place. He fucking he got dropped off in a bucket of uh, apples. He got to work. He built a pedophile paradise. Who did the roads and all that? They, these people know secrets. Now, what kind of secrets do they know? Do they know any good stuff? Like you know what would be interesting to see who to? he contracted with for like that kind of construction stuff? Yeah. You probably figure out which intelligence agency was really paying him. Yeah. Because if it was all American contractors, like, you know, he's probably a CIA operative. But if mm-hmm. he went like abroad, I would look at those connections. I don't know how the fuck you'd find that out. But, you know, that's something worth looking into if you were in a position to look into it. Yeah. Who like who built the stuff? Yeah. How were they paid? And like what bank accounts did it go through? Like what did these transactions look like? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that guy someone built a house there, right? Someone did all that, but yeah, how did they get paid? I bet Jeffrey Epstein had an excellent credit score. I know. It's like so good. I know. It was definitely more than eight hundred. But when they knew about him, he should have like a bad social credit score on those like who's my China neighbor site. who's my neighbor websites where you Google oh. people's names. He's of low repute. You know, yeah. he's been arrested. His he, his neighbors went to jail yeah, once. Rate my neighbor. Rate my neighbor dot com. That's what's scary if that happens. Social credit scores. I know they have that in China now and like you're not allowed to travel. America has a, a social, social credit score. score too. It's called money. If you don't have it, you can't travel. You can't even drive down the People fucking don't highway. Like you. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to be around you. <laughs> if you ask them for some of theirs, they get real offended. <laughs> uh, no, that that'll be scary one day when they really you have like a social number above you or like something on your shirt or something somewhere. When you're like full video game avatar version of yourself. Yeah, when you're, exactly. When, when you're your black your mirror. Name, pops up over your head <laughs> yeah that's why i'm not on social media i don't i don't the thrill is gone i would say uh you know social media is dead it's one long commercial mm-hmm. i remember when the internet didn't have pop-ups on every website oh yeah you know now it's just even websites you were told are legitimate like the news yeah. it has fucking banner ads pop-ups everything like uh you know looks like aol in 98 yeah, and, and and yeah, and I remember like being told like, okay, you know, research on websites where you don't find many pop up ads or where you don't find many banner ads. That doesn't happen now. There's something illegitimate about advertisements on your source of information, especially yeah. when like the, you know, when the information starts getting like when the ads are weird. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it's obvious when they spy on you. You know, like mm-hmm. I would. Like I was talking about like, you know, hitting the heavy bag and you come in and you get like Everlast pop up and you're like, oh, that's obvious. But then when it gets like stranger, it's like, what is the truth about vaccines? Like there's kind of these social ones, you know, and like I get them from all sides of the political spectrum. Prager University. Yeah, I get the all right <laughs> ones like Prager U and stuff where that's like question history and like mm-hmm. I, that's terrible. I don't I've never been able to watch it's boring I mm-hmm. don't care about politics that's just mm-hmm. you know I don't really care mm-hmm. I'm out there with that mm-hmm. so um, but the leftist ones are boring too I don't even know what to call shit anymore you know right left it's all boring to me yeah identity identity politics Ooh. 
when I was in college, that was like a fucking seminar, I think. <laughs> I skipped it because it was, uh, there was something about war or something interesting I took instead. Identity politics. Learning with our bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Not our minds. Not our minds. <laughs> this is uh, purely, you know, kinesthetic. They taught that at Tenth State, which was a, a college made out of tents for kids who didn't think they should pay tuition. But they did pay tuition, and uh, those protests against tuition did not work because no. it just kept on going up. No. As a guy who went to college for almost a decade, let me tell you. I bought in low. No, I bought in high, and I sold out high. It was always expensive. It was never cheap, really. They say in the 70s it was, but I don't know about that. You know what's funny how people who don't pay child support end up in the could end up in the same jail as someone who murdered and raped their entire family. They probably wouldn't be on the same cell block. But they both end up in jail. That guy would... and possibly the same jail. So jail is like when you're locked up for like minor offenses. So you mean the prison? prison. Sorry. Let's, let's be uh, exact on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, my vocabulary is so bad. We're going to Skype in some inmates <laughs> and talk about what the difference means to them. <laughs> but that blows my mind a little bit. So, like, the guy who fucked up and didn't pay child support for a little bit, he might be cellmates with a rapist. The guy who raped his... I don't know. Whoever. It doesn't really matter who you rape when you're raped. Grandma. Yeah, it's a grandma. It's just you're a bad person. Like yeah. That's one of those crimes everyone, unless you're falsely accused or you're Tupac. Man, how do you identify in prison like that? Like, yo, these people are really bad. I fucked up. I didn't <laughs> these pay. These people are really bad. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I didn't know it was going to be like this. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> I really wanted to show my wife I something. I just wanted a fishing license and be able to hunt. And then now here I am. My bitch wife <laughs> doing this again. Oh, man, that's a rough one. Not paying child support and yeah. up in prison for a long period. Well, you don't. I think you just pay it off, though. It makes me think of a story. I worked with someone. Um, her, her, she, she got divorced at nine and a half years. She was telling me the story because I told her we were married ten years. She's like, okay, <laughs> when you're when you're married, if you get divorced after ten years, your husband takes like part of your thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But the reason I'm telling you the story, she said, was um, her husband ended up missing out on child support for a while, and nice. he was really scared to go to jail. That was his big fear. Prison, jail, he was frightened of it. He would shake anytime he thought of it. He just flee the country, man. So he owed child support. And one weekend he had the kids. <laughs> and he won. Oh, that's fucking rough. I owe you guys money. <laughs> but uh, but, but I, look. <laughs> I got you for the weekend. You guys want pizza too, right? <laughs> and if I pay your mom this money, well, how am I buying this pizza? <laughs> <laughs> that's probably how it went. That's dad math. <laughs> uh, we're going to go sit. You're going to watch some ponies race, and I'm going to sit there too. You want to get yourself a Coke? We won't tell mom. You ate some Coke and some chicken nuggets. We won't tell her. We'll have fun, right? Why can't you chicken up? Why can't you tell mom you had normal, just like not Coca Cola? Mom only has Soda. salads. Yeah, mom has salad. Mom only eats salad. In other news, mom's <laughs> a rabbit. Your dad owes money to a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch won't take carrots. <laughs> I don't know what to do, guys. Also, you're half human, half rabbit. This is insane. <laughs> We're at a racetrack. I ended up in a children's story that's just all bad. Like Tom Waits made a children's story where I'm going to fucking prison because <laughs> this lady won't accept carrots. <laughs> 
Uh, so anyway, he had the kids for the weekend, and he was uh, a compulsive scratch-off buyer. Nice, man. This guy has it all going on. Yeah. I like this guy. Yeah. He sounds interesting. Yeah, he, he did go to court. He sounds like he'd have a messy car. Yeah, he went to court for illegally dumping stuff. Oh, that's a real bad guy's offense, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's a real, that, that paints you a photo. It's like nuisance. And it was like environmental. He was dumping out oh, oil no. and There's no cares trimmings. in the world. No, He'd have a no. low social credit score in every no. country he goes to. He loves scratch-offs. <laughs> and and he, he won one weekend. He won... $6,000 Oh man, that's not where off. I saw this story going. All right. <laughs> and he owed child support and he didn't like, he wasn't going to say anything. He was going to give it to his girlfriend to say that she claimed it. So her daughter comes home after the weekend and says, mom, mom, dad won on a scratch off. And she said, and you know, she asked how much he's like, he, he won $6,000. So it ended up going like when he submitted the ticket, all the money ended up going to her. And all the child support was paid off. That sounds like it would be a beautiful Disney movie yeah. about a family. <laughs> of rabbits? Well, yeah, half rabbit. No, half rabbit, yeah. But even if they were people, I still like <laughs> the moral of the story. You know, like gambling Tattle works out sometimes. on, Dad. Sometimes you play a scratch off and you change more than one life. But it's funny because it wasn't even that significant amount of a money. I mean, it is and it isn't, right? Like, he won $6,000. That's great. For a scratch-off, that's amazing. I know. It's basically it a miracle. Mind. You know? <laughs> it's a miracle. For a scratch-off ticket. Yeah, what was the odds of that happening? Shit that people call a miracle probably has less odds. Like, oh, this very talented wide receiver in the NFL caught a touchdown. It's a miracle. It was like a 25% chance he'd catch yeah. it. This guy winning six million bucks or six thousand. Yeah. It's probably like one in like two hundred thousand. And he, and he had least. child support to and pay. He owed off. It. Yeah, yeah, now we're in just like that's almost incalculable. You need like <laughs> you need those physicists from those secret societies I was talking about to figure out those numbers. That's wild. Though. That makes sense. I think that's how you should pay child support. Either you win the lotto uh, and you get that money taken away, or you have to go to prison and fight it out. Yeah. It's the only ways you can pay child support. They don't accept cash. <laughs> now, I'm always surprised by people who do scratch-offs. Yeah. I'm going to admit it. They run the gamut. I've known some very intelligent people who get into that very dumb business, and it always blows my mind. <laughs> Their car is always littered with the tickets. i real dummies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does run the gamut. I, you know, I did scratch offs for a while. There was a period in our marriage where I did do a lot of scratch offs, and I think it, part of it was like anxiety. Part of it was like the calming effect of the coin scratching against the thing. Jesus Christ, really? That's like a heroin addict. Being like, I love the calming feeling of scratching my scabs on my track marks because, like, before I score, I just gotta keep my mind occupied. So yeah, I like to see that For little that bit of second, blood, that hope, <laughs> that like, all right, things things will change. Um, it, clearly, that's a futile idea and stupid. But I, I, I'm gonna be first to admit it. I went through a phase. It didn't last long, but I went through a phase. Several, maybe a month Several or two. Several million dollar phase. No, yeah. I went through that phase. But it is interesting to see who, and it's funny when you're like bosses do it. And like your How do you know all this information? This. I just know. Would you I go know to like a support so group? Much. <laughs> <laughs> for scratch off people. Yeah. I only did it for a month, but it was intense. But really profound, and I've been seeking help ever since. I think, it, and, and you know what? It probably wasn't even that big of a deal in the scope of things. How much did I end up paying on scratch offs per week? Probably like, I don't know, like God. 
don't out yourself here. Oh, don't. I'm don't not keep gonna. that to yourself. I feel like that's <laughs> private. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a woman's weight, you know? How much do you spend on scratch-offs? 205. How dare you? <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, it is funny, like, when you find, like, I don't know, like, what do you, what... Like, they're in the same boat, I guess. They're also dreaming that scratch-off dream, trying to pay off child support. And that boat's Noah's Ark. We got two gamblers, (laughs) two half-rabbits. We got the fucking ponies we're going to run around the track later for these degenerates to bet on. (laughs) And that's our second episode. So thank you guys for joining us, and hopefully I'll see you next week. This was episode two of the Joe Sneecast. I'm your host, Joe Snee. And again, this was Miss Elizabeth joining me. Thanks. Uh, Hope to see you guys again soon. Good night.